Next on BYU Sports Nation, Super Bowl week brings us a Super Bowl MVP. Steve Young joins the show again, a walk down his super memory lane. Plus, understanding the national perspective as of today, what Sports Illustrated says about BYU basketball and its bubble chances. We'll ask ESPN college basketball analyst and reporter Andy Katz what he thinks about BYU's resume right now and if he thinks the Cougs have an at-large argument. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Wednesday, January 29th, what is up? I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the multi-talented Jerem Jordan. Wherever and however you have chosen to listen, we thank you for making us part of your day. Show starters, SportsIllustrated.com releases an article today featuring their quote-unquote potential biggest potential bubble busters in the NCAA tournament. They list two teams, BYU and Larry Bird's Indiana State Sycamores. But why would a national publication do that? A 13-9 and team from the West Coast Conference? Oh, I'm going to tell you why. ESPN's Andy Katz will tell you his perspective as well in about 18 minutes. Kyle Van Noy, a participant in the 2014 Quicken Loans All-Star Football Challenge at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. ESPN2 televised it. Those that watched saw Kyle Van Noy take third in the obstacle course. He's competing against running backs, Jerem. Who knew that that event was happening, too? I would have loved to have watched that, but I didn't know about it until too late. That's cool. That's cool. Joe Tessitore, who, who joined our show in its inaugural week, Called the event. He also called the BYU-Texas game the Tess Effect. Love that guy. Maybe that had something something to do with Kyle uh, doing well. You know it did. (laughs) There's the Gus Johnson effect and the Joe Tessitore effect. We love Joe. You know who else we love? Steve Young. Former BYU great. NFL MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Will join us during the last half hour with his Super Bowl picks. Yeah, and then something interesting uh, came out this morning. Uh, Steve Patterson, the new Texas Athletic Director, mentioned in his kind of State of the Union, if you will, address with some of the media members. <laughs> State of the Union? Tom Homo does this with, okay. uh, he does it at Media Day, but he met with media members and mentioned the, that he's interested in exploring neutral site games overseas. Uh, Mexico City would be one of those spots. And I thought, you know what, That'd be BYU would be in a good position to be that team. Because uh, BYU's got that following uh, of, you know, LDS people and BYU fans in Mexico City. I know my mom grew up in Mexico City, would have loved to have gone to a game like that. Would they play the game at Azteca? That'd be cool. Oh, that would be sweet. They would not fill it, but it'd be, well, who knows? Can Maybe you imagine do. playing football at over like 7,000 feet, though? Yeah, Wyoming does it every week. That's true. Every other week. Uh, and Colorado State. It, it might even, is it, it might be higher than 7,000. It's so high. Yeah. That'd be fun, though. I think that BYU would be, they already have a relationship with Texas. If that happened, I think BYU would be a candidate for such things. And of all the teams that are interested in that sort of thing, the Notre Dames, the Texas, BYU would, I think that Tom Homo would jump at that opportunity. Viva Los Cougars. Yes. Did Steve Patterson threaten to throw a reporter off the balcony at any point after his State of the I, Union address? I do not think that he did, like the New York <laughs> congressman. Google it. If you haven't it. seen that, check that Google out. Google it. Join the conversation by using our new hashtag, BYUSN, giving you more space to tweet. That hashtag is all about connecting BYU fans across BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Have a voice, whenever, wherever. With that said, here's today's Twitter question. How confident are you in BYU hoops sweeping the home weekend against Pacific Thursday and St. Mary's Saturday? Weigh in using hashtag BYUSN. Pacific's RPI? Higher than you think. St. Mary's would be a great win for BYU's at-large argument. Four straight home games for the Cougars overall. It starts tomorrow. And if you're anywhere near Provo, Utah, you can buy a ticket for as little as 3 bucks. Yeah, bench seats, 3 bucks. Jump on that. It, I think that it ends uh, tomorrow, I want to say. We're calling out you. Arizona, Utah, Idaho, Colorado, California. Fly Fl- in! Florida, calling you out too. Fly in! Watch the game. Three Georgia, bucks. we are not calling you out because you got a lot of snow and you're stuck on the freeway for like 15 <laughs> hours. That's been crazy. The Ohio State offensive coordinator live tweeted his experience yesterday on the freeway. Stuck on the freeway. Freddie Freeman got stuck on the freeway. Chipper Jones went and picked him up with a scooter or a motorcycle. Of course he did. And they had like four inches on the ground. Four inches of snow. El Azteca, by the way, 7,349 feet. So similar to the Wyoming experience. Holy cow. That would be sweet. The smog, the smog effect. At CVD six two six two, 
letting us know that. Thank you. Uh, I had I talked to Eric Winalda, U.S. men's soccer player, one time. He yeah. talked about um, playing at Azteca. He's like that's Spanish for uh, Aztec, I believe. Uh, yes. All he said was that place is horrible. That is the worst place playing. We had guys with blood coming out of their eyes. The BYU's smog is played so a bad. Jillion football games at Wyoming. Bunch of babies. Have you dealt the smog of Mexico City though at no. elevation? Okay. Now now we're talking. Just elevation? Wah. That's true. Have uh, Have you driven through Salt Lake City lately? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. <laughs> that, Jeff Judkins lives up there. Maybe that's why his voice is like that. Maybe we should ask him about that. BYU Sports Nation, soon to be simulcast on BYU TV. Right now, the show airs weekdays at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. We're on demand at BYURadio.org as well, or catch the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout! It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. So So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, I am saying there is a chance. Michael Beller on the bubble watch for SportsIllustrated.com. This is what he lists BYU as. They're 13-9, RPI today of 48. Strength of schedule, 15. And I quote, The Cougars lost by single digits to Iowa State, Massachusetts, and Oregon. If they managed to win just one of those games to go along with their neutral court victory over Texas, they would be in a much better position to get back in the tournament. As such, their three losses against teams outside the top 100 in the RPI loom much larger. Their two games with St. Mary's, the first of which is in Provo on Saturday, will be crucial. Huge game, Jerem. Huge yeah. week. And it's this is a nice national perspective. We're so close to the situation that sometimes... We forget what is the perception of BYU basketball nationally. In addition to that, Andy Katz is going to be on the show. Does anyone uh, know the pulse of college basketball better than Andy Katz? I I think not. He's going to join the program. Okay. uh, We continue on with with Michael Beller here. And and I quote again from his article on SportsIllustrated.com. He says, as February draws near, there are only a two bubble busters at the moment that stand out. The most dangerous one could be BYU. The Cougars are on the outside looking in. On most recent bracket watch on SportsIllustrated.com, but they've shown an ability to hang with strong competition, beating Texas and Stanford and losing by two points to Iowa State, nine to Massachusetts, and four in overtime to Oregon. They likely wouldn't be challenged in the conference tournament until a potential matchup against St. Mary's. That's debatable. If they reach the finals, they'd probably face Gonzaga. He's just ignored the fact that BYU went 5-4 and four in the first nine, which is interesting. That is very interesting. And that brings me to my next point. Jeremy, you're married. I'm married. We're going to break down couples. That's right. Are we? We're doing Listen, that on BYU Sports I, I tried Nation. to avoid The Bachelorette on Monday or on Sunday. I don't we're even not, know what day it's on. We're not talking about The Bachelor okay, or The good. Bachelorette. It's The Bachelor, by the way. Uh, I'm glad I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Okay. I, I know my wife loves me, and I love my wife. I would die for her. I hope she would do the same for me. We hold each other to the highest standards. Because we expect a lot of each other. Sometimes we can get highly critical because of that. That even translates to Tom Brady and Giselle. Tom Brady, NFL Super Bowl MVP. He, he's won multiple rinks. On and off the field. He is Mr. GQ. Every woman in America has a crush on Tom Brady. And if they don't, they're lying. Giselle Bunchen is a world-class supermodel that he is married to. But even those two being married to each other, guess what? Because they're so close to each other, they see imperfections and flaws in each other. Now, I give you that backdrop because before, during the initial stages of dating from afar, everything seems pretty good. You know, you, you, you cut them some slack on things here and there. But because we, we know, because we're so close, we're analyzing every, every good thing, every bad thing in a tight relationship like that. I compare that to the relationship you have with your favorite sports team. We cheer for BYU. We see everything close. We analyze all of the Cougars' success, every shot, all of their defensive breakdowns, all of their failings. We see it all, and so we are highly critical of BYU. Guys on the East Coast who don't watch the West Coast Conference or BYU nearly as closely as we do as analysts and fans, specifically BYU, they see a few things. They see RPI which is 48 right now. They see strength of schedule, 15. Then they look a little bit closer because of those numbers. They see wins against Stanford and Texas and think, huh, okay, well, what, what's this team doing? They're 13-9, and nine, but look at, look at all these uh, juicy numbers. Then they're like, well, how do they lose to LMU and Pepperdine? 
well, it doesn't really matter that much because they still have an opportunity and they've shown the capability to compete against these big-time teams. So while some of us might look and be highly critical here and say, oh, there's no shot, this is an NIT team, they're not going to the NCAA tournament, they have no chance, the East Coast bias, national perspective guys are saying, look, this is their RPI, this is their strength of schedule, they have quality wins, they still have an opportunity to make an at-large case. There's some, something to be said, too, of what games were on NESPN versus the other ones. Look, look, look at this. Stanford, ESPN2. Hmm. Iowa State, ESPNU. BYU, that was a respectable loss. Uh, Texas, BYU wins the game. Wichita State, BYU loses it at the end. All on ESPN. All on NESPN. Uh, San Francisco, ESPNU. Gonzaga, ESPN2. So BYU's they competed. looked they competed fairly well. Gonzaga. They've looked fairly well. Played fairly well. I don't think you look fairly well. Uh, BYU's played fairly well on the ESPNs. When you lose in overtime to Oregon on the Pac-12 network, East Coast guys aren't seeing that game. They're not. It's all about understanding national perspective. You've got to leave the bubble, the relationship, for just a moment and step outside to understand that everybody is not going to be near as critical of BYU as the passionate fans and as the passionate analysts, the guys that are watching every little detail. And we'll hear in a couple of minutes what Andy Katz has to say. What's his perception of BYU from the East Coast? Now, Michael Beller, his point is that if BYU gets in, they, can they are damage. dangerous. They can do some damage. What our discussion has been is what does BYU need to do to just get in? We haven't even approached how they do at that point. Let's get to that point. BYU hosts Pacific. You may think the Cougs should blow out Pacific. They're not that good. Pacific has an RPI of 98. What? San Francisco, 99. Both of those teams are higher than Utah and Utah State, by the way. 115 and 116, respectively. Crazy stuff. Let's keep it rolling. Topic 2. Defending the perimeter. I hate to even say that because... Teams that have not been great three-point shooting teams, all of a sudden they play BYU, and they look like three-point All-American. Blaine Fowler joining BYU Sports Nation. He brings up an interesting point. The Cougars' style of play in the West Coast Conference, they've gone there 13-19 and 19 right now. They've, they've got some bad losses, but their style of play has contributed to that. Are you talking about defensively? Yes. Okay. Because offensively, BYU's style They're of play has points. yielded a top-five scoring offense. That's true, and without shooting a lot of three-pointers, which is another topic which we've discussed a number of times. But right amazing. now we're focusing on defense, and specifically defending the perimeter. Their style of play against the best shooting conference in terms of three-point field goal percentage in the country has not been good. And it has created all sorts of issues. So while they score the ball, they give up a ton of of points. Blaine Fowler also spoke on how BYU needs all their players to improve, specifically their perimeter defense. It's not just BYU's guards getting better at defending on the perimeter and having that mindset. Their bigs have to be more decisive. Their rotations have to be quicker. They've got to communicate better so that they can help defense without getting into foul trouble. Pacific, who BYU hosts tomorrow night, dealing with a lot of the same issues as the newcomer to the West Coast Conference. So, Jeremy, when you look at the perimeter defense... And you see, as BYU is a capable team, they have they have long athletic players. BYU is a tall, yeah, long starting five, which you would think w- would accommodate a zone defense like Syracuse plays. And Blaine talked about Syracuse and how they're good, and because they're long and athletic, like they can get lots of hands and shooters' faces, and, and they do a pretty good job of eliminating the advantage that's created for three point shooters in his own defense. BYU hasn't quite been able to do that. BYU's not Syracuse for sure, uh, nor will they be. BYU can be BYU, which right. is a good enough defense to where your offense can be great, and then you win games like I'm that. I'm not insinuating that. Right, right. No insinuating on this show. What I see from BYU's defense is the following, that BYU is often getting caught in slow rotations. The ball moves to the wing, moves to the corner, moves back to the wing, and then once it gets reversed, BYU's chasing. At this point, someone gets open. And this is just reversing the basketball on the perimeter, let alone penetrating and kicking. Uh, another thing that comes up in my mind is because BYU does not have depth in the post, quality depth in the post, BYU's, uh, I think that they do not want people to penetrate and then draw fouls because then you're in trouble. You're in real trouble. Uh, and BYU just doesn't have the people to come off the bench. So this brings me to my stat 
of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The Cougars are giving up 79.6 points per game. That's a lot. That's 331 out of 345 in the NCAA. In the nine seasons Dave Rhodes has coached, this is the ninth season, the Cougars' highest scoring defense number at the end of any other season compared to that, 71.7 in the first year under Dave Rose. Wow. That was the only other season BYU gave up more than 70 points per game, and BYU is giving up almost 80. The defense must be better, or BYU is not, they're going to be in trouble, and they have been in trouble in a few games. That's some solid work on stat of the day, Jerem. I applaud that. 2010-11, the Jimmer years. That, is, that six, is fantastic. 67.9 points per game. That's man, almost 12 points Less than this season. 12! 331 out of 345 ranked Division I NCAA teams in scoring defense. It's a tougher schedule, so that, that number is going to be higher, but it, but it's too high. If it was 73 or 4, maybe you win a couple more games. Pacific, again, who BYU hosts tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. $3 tickets if you're anywhere near the Marriott Center. Dealing with a lot of the same issues as the newcomer to the conference. Their style of play, coupled with solid three-point shooting from opponents, has made it hard on the Tigers in conference. Their head coach, Ron Verlin, joined us live yesterday and spoke on that very topic. We've had to adjust a little bit about what we're doing defensively, and um, we've, we've played not near, not much zone at all. Like We used to play a lot in the Big West. We have not played much, and we've had to get out and close out on guys like what we would call a shooter-shooter. Uh, a lot of good shooters in this conference, and a lot of guys making threes, and, and I feel like I'm sure Coach Rose does. It seems like everyone's making threes against us. I love what Dave Rose said last night on the BYU radio, on BYU during the coaches' show. Yeah, he said, I really believe this team is a bright future, but we've got to get it going right now. So you know it what starts tomorrow against Pacific. You know what we're doing right now? Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. How confident are you in BYU Hoops sweeping the home weekend against Pacific and St. Mary's? Two top 100 teams in the RPI as of today. At Kevin Nixon 33, former BYU player, says on a scale of one to Eric Mika's Floby, nice. I would say about a nine. I love it. At BJ Spack, considering we still haven't beaten St. Mary's in WCC play, not that confident. I'll be cheering them on, though. Do you know what a Floby is? Not really. <laughs> it's like a hair cutting tool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric Mika got one for Christmas. That's right. That's right. Now, the, BYU uh, would have beaten St. Mary's last year had. Matthew Delvadova Vadova not made the shot of his life. Oh, the Del of a dagger. Tim Lacombe, BYU assistant coach, referenced the Floby, by the way, in studio. That's right. <laughs> at Ogden Dentist, he said, I'm not at all confident, but thanks for asking. Hashtag underachieving. Come on! They come home, they find the mojo again. Even with four conference losses, can BYU get an at-large bid? One of the foremost college basketball experts... Joins us next, Andy Katz on hashtag BYUSN. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on Beat to the Y to the U Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio 2. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can also follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. One week from today is our BYU TV Sports special football signing day. Spencer Linton hosts the hour-long special. That's right. Dave McCann's in Russia for the Olympics, KSL in Salt Lake. So it's all Spencer all the time in February. (laughs) Coach Bronco Mendenhall will be in studio breaking down every high school, junior college, and return missionary signee. David Nixon and Brian Logan will also party with us. It's next Wednesday, February 5th, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Our Twitter question today is, how confident are you in BYU Hoops sweeping the home weekend against Pacific and St. Mary's? What's your answer? We're getting some mixed answers thus far. For me, they haven't given me any reason to not be confident. Who's the only team BYU's lost to on their home floor? Iowa State, by two. That's a good basketball St. Mary's will be the second toughest home game that BYU's played this year, and third toughest overall. Gonzaga will become the second. I think Iowa State was will remain the first. St. Mary's does not have Matthew Dellavedova. Not anymore. They do not have Matthew Dellavedova. Uh, Waldo, Levesque. They're Holt, a good team. They're still there. They're a good team, but without the Australian assassin. He ran the show. So they, they're good. They're 16-5. and five. I mean, they lost to a team like Hawaii, BYU, lost to LMU and Pepperdine and Portland. 
So the, it's going to be an interesting game because BYU does play much better at home. We've talked about BYU 8-1. and one, They are better at, at home. They lost to South Carolina. Yeah. They and lost to the Gonzaga Clowney by... was not on that team. They lost to the Gonzaga by 22. Do you know what their best win BYU is? BYU lost by 15. Do you know what their best win is? What's their best win? North Dakota State. Yikes. Yikes. So they, they have yet to be really, really challenged. So in the battle for number two, BYU hopes that it can win a regular season conference championship. I, that's... That's out of your control a little bit at this point with four losses. But can you can you be competitive enough in the end of the games? In the back nine. St. Mary's, really big game. And trust me, because BYU lost on a buzzer beater from half court, there is some bad blood with St. Mary's. They're going to come in and it's going to be... The Rock is going to oh, be dude. massive. Uh, I think that the three bucks bench seats, I think is a great thing to get fans in there. It's going to be wild. I think BYU plays really well against Pacific. It's like the San Diego game a couple weeks ago, and then Saturday is a big, big event. A late start on that one, by the way. Nine Mountain, 11 Eastern. National on, audience. On ESPN2 and BYU Radio. And that brings up a point that you made in the first segment, Jerem, and that is BYU has been good in front of a national audience, which makes a big difference when you're trying to make an at-large case with people that don't watch every West Coast Conference game and don't see all the details and all that stuff. Like, like, how much do you watch, you, the listener, watch Villanova? You know they're ranked, but you don't know the details of their season. But you may catch a game every now and then, and then that's what you get. Or what about UMass? UMass. They're not on national TV a lot. So BYU is in a similar situation, but they get on even more because the West Coast Conference has a contract with ESPN. BYU does not have a basketball contract with ESPN. Football does by itself, but it's the conference through hoops. And so BYU gets seen in the bigger games. BYU, so other, other ESPN opportunities uh, for the rest of the season. So obviously St. Mary's, ESPN2 Saturday. Next Thursday, home against Santa Clara, ESPNU. And then after that, St. Mary's uh, on ESPN2, Gonzaga on ESPN. And then the uh, semis and final, and two quarters, BYU may or may not be in that game, uh, on any e- ESPN in Vegas. So there are p- plenty of ESPN chances. And they've played well to this point. On ESPN networks. They just have. They haven't been crushed on an ESPN. No, they scored 112 against Stanford during ESPN's big tip-off special. That may have adjusted the expectations for the season, by the way. Certainly it did. We talked about that last year. When BYU scored 112 at Stanford, you thought, wow, okay, what can BYU do? But that's a peak moment. That's That's not an average. That's not a mean. So when you understand it that way, it maybe tempers your expectations a little bit. If BYU plays Iowa State today, what happens? What happens? I don't think it's as close as it was. Because I think BYU's lost a little bit of confidence. Isn't that interesting how that happens and how much how prevalent that is in college basketball? BYU was a confident team at that time. They've they've lost a little bit of that confidence. I still think BYU believes in themselves, but there there's there've been a couple shaky moments. A Portland triple overtime loss, sometimes that happens. That was yes. crazy. Yes. I don't think of that the same as I do the losses at LMU and Pepperdine. I think those were direct results of losing to Utah and Oregon. Oregon is sti- or Utah is still a sub-100 RPI loss, but you, you would anticipate that with their strength of schedule playing I, Arizona. I think it'll go up a little bit. They're 115 right now. So you hope that Utah jumps into that top 100 for BYU's RPI the sake of BYU's RPA. And thank goodness for BYU's sake, Utah beat UCLA. So BYU is not the... But although it would be good to say, Utah's best win is BYU. And if BYU was out of the tournament, it's like, well, weak. But then Utah, BYU lost. Like in football. Oh, the five and seven seasons. Four and eight. Ah, beat BYU. <laughs> Why? There's There's still some opportunity out there, which I love. It's not like BYU is headed down the home stretch of the West Coast Conference and they're playing San Diego, Pacific, and LMU to wind down. They've already played Gonzaga and St. Mary's four times. No. They've, they've got a meaty part of their conference schedule still ahead. The opportunity to win is there. So they're in a good position right now at 13-9 and nine to still go and take advantage of those opportunities. And I know you hate that word because you're like, hey, I, I don't want I'm opportunity. T- I want to win. I want victories and not opportunities or respectable losses. We also talked about perimeter defense and what a concern that has been for BYU and the West Coast Conference. The conference shoots the three ball better than any other in America. Uh, we got some interesting thoughts there. 
we have asked some BYU players, is it a major concern? In fact, we're going to ask Tyler Haas about that tomorrow. BYU addressing the three-point shooting in the West Coast Conference and where the Cougars stand on their perimeter defense and how much of a concern it is to the team. Tyler Haas joins us tomorrow. We're waiting on Andy Katz of ESPN, senior analyst, college basketball expert, has an interesting relationship with Dave Rose, followed Dave's uh, cancer situation very closely. They became close through that, so we'll talk to Andy, ask him about BYU's RPI, their at-large argument, all that good stuff coming up in just a few minutes. BYU's struggles in the schedule have come when they've had to play multiple games on the road. Not a set of two, but when BYU goes to a set of three or more, there have been some, there's been some trouble. So when BYU had a back-to-back losses this year, uh, BYU beat Prairie View A&M December 11th, and then Spencer, they lose to Utah, Oregon, LMU, Pepperdine, all on the road. Then BYU has home games. They win all three. They go back on the road for two. The first two they win the third and fourth game on the road last week. They lose. So now BYU's in a four home games in a row. I would not be surprised if BYU wins all four against Pacific, St. Mary, Santa Clara, and San Francisco. Then the week after that, just two road games in a row. Manageable. Pacific, St. Mary's, and then back home. Gonzaga, Portland, and then one on the road. I think the last nine... Uh, if BYU went five and four in the first nine, I see BYU going at least six and three in the back nine, if not better. See, I see that. I think they do better than that. Yeah, I, I'm playing it conservative. Sure, with the six that's, and three. A, that's very conservative. Seven six and two, and three. Eight, seven and two, eight, eight and, and one, one would be awesome. I don't see nine and zero. Oh. I don't see. Eight, I don't really one see. One would it, but be fantastic. Blaine be Fowler on Monday said the Cougars have to go eight and one and win at least one game in the conference tournament. Okay, they've got to, to do that to, to, to have an at-large, a serious at-large chance. They've got to go 8-1 and one over the final nine regular season games and win their first round game, at least, in the West Coast Conference Tournament. So can BYU, at the end of the regular season, put themselves in a position where the WCC Tournament doesn't matter that much? I don't think so. I think BYU needs to have a great finish in the back nine, and that they can do it, given the schedule situation. And then in Vegas, BYU's really got to, they've got to play well. BYU's going to have to beat St. Mary's or Gonzaga to get into a situation, to have another quality win. And it's going to be on NESPN, likely in ESPN 2 or ESPN, so the big time, uh, where you get seen, you get noticed, you make some noise. And then if BYU could say, you know what, we have, we have wins over Texas, Stanford, St. Mary's twice, Gonzaga once or twice. Oh, dude, you got a meaty resume at that point. Now you're talking where you feel a little more comfortable on Selection Sunday. And that's what they're trying to get to. And our whole conversation is about Selection Sunday at this point. Can BYU get into the NCAA tournament? That's the litmus test. That's the line in the sand that BYU needs to cross. That's the goal. Yes. That's the goal for them. NIT is not good enough for this program. They've set a really high standard to where BYU basketball is considered a top 35-40 program. The NCAA tournament for BYU basketball is a 10-win season for BYU football. Yes. I love it. I love that comparison. Uh, that, that's what it is. They play in the West Coast Conference, which we've talked, it's, it's unique in that they, they do things differently. BYU hasn't, hasn't matched up as well against their opponents this year. The conference has depth in a way that they haven't had in a while, though. Jamie Zaninovich, commissioner of the West Coast Conference, also joined us on BYU Sports Nation. He's on the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. One he, of ten guys. He doesn't necessarily factor into what WCC teams can make it. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has to leave the room when the West Coast Conference is being discussed, probably. He does. Uh, so, yeah, he, he walks out. But, but while the parody creates for a weird situation with a number of teams getting in, he, he feels like in the long run it's, it's good for the conference. We're in one of those years where I think we're sort of less differentiated, but certainly much deeper, and, and there's great parity, which, is, which is, is good for all of our programs, and certainly over the long term, a really good thing for the West Coast Conference. Five teams in the top 100 of the RPI right now, today. Gonzaga, 25. BYU, 48. St. Mary's, 45. San Francisco, 99. There's the... Major gap. Pacific, 98. But the fact that there are five West Coast Conference teams in the top 100, that's pretty darn good for this conference. It's not, it's not enough to push uh, a decent but not good second team into the tourney, I don't think. I see St. Mary's or, getting, or BYU getting in. I don't see both getting in. So that makes Saturday's game even bigger. This is, a, this is sort of a bracket-busting game. If BYU loses at home to St. Mary's, not good. Because 
in Moraga, it's going to be tough. It's a small venue, but it's how it's not how small the venue is. It's what it feels like when it's in there. The kennel is not the biggest arena in America. It's but, loud though. But they make it great. It's like the Spectrum in Logan. It's like the yes. It's like the Smithfield House of Men's Volleyball. You pack five thousand people in there, and it just feels huge. There's only five thousand people, but it's. How it feels in there. Moraga's a tough place to play. Utah State is in the Mountain West, which is a good basketball conference. Used to be better. It's still pretty good. San Diego State ranked number five. New Mexico's a good After team. After that, yeah. The Aggies, really, when you look on paper, have no business hanging with San Diego State, who, by the way, won at Kansas. San Diego State won at Kansas. They took San Diego State to overtime. Why? Because of the spectrum. Yeah. They're worth, I don't know. Three and a half points? Four and a half points? Home That's court a huge difference. in college basketball, in my opinion, has way more of an impact than a home football field. I agree. You're closer to the you're closer to the quarter field. The yeah, players can hear fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> football, it's you have a helmet on anyways. I mean You're far enough away that generally you can't, unless you score a touchdown and you're talking trash to the fans as you score a touchdown or whatever. Or maybe on a kickoff, but like basketball, they are right on top of you. Like fans can have an impact in a big way in college basketball. So that being said, now we bring it back to the Marriott Center. Four straight at home for BYU. That's why I like their chances to go seven and two or better in their final nine regular season games because six of those games are in Provo. It makes a difference. Isn't it weird that BYU's played 13 games away from Provo and only nine in Provo? BYU's been away from the Merritt Center a lot. They played a bunch of home games at the start of the season. Weber State, Mount St. Mary's, Colorado Mesa, Iowa State, North Texas, Prairie View A&M. That's by December 11th. And then since then, BYU's been home, count count it three times, since December 11th, a month and a half later. Three conference games. Three conference games. In six weeks. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it's, it's going to be good to get home for BYU basketball. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, who would Steve Young pick to be his Super Bowl starting quarterback given the choice, himself or Peyton Manning? We'll ask him next. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin and the BYU Cougars host Pacific tomorrow night in the Marriott Center in Provo, Utah. You can watch it live on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Radio. We call this show BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, happy to be hanging out and happy to have you here with us. In one week, it's football signing day. We'll have an hour-long special that airs on BYU TV at 8 Eastern. Spencer Linton will host that show. Coach Bronco Mendenhall will be in studio to break down every high school, junior college, and return missionary signee. David Nixon and Brian Logan will be there as well. It's going to be great. Next Wednesday, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Spencer and Bronco reunited. Green, green room nap guy. Green room snack guy and green room nap guy. <laughs> I've, I've just changed to the nap part. You ate so many snacks that you had to take a nap. <laughs> Dave McCann walked in on me one time when I was closing my eyes for a few minutes, and he's like, wow, it's true. You really are the green room nap guy. (laughs) (laughs) How confident are you in BYU Hoops sweeping the home weekend against Pacific and St. Mary's? That is our Twitter conversation today. At Lasersheep says, I'm looking for two 17-plus games here. Heck no. Referencing you, Jerem Jordan. 34-plus on the weekend for the Cougars. So uh, They win two wins by a combined 34 points. Maybe. Maybe. That's too high. That's too high. Steve Young, Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, and former BYU great joining BYU Sports Nation once again. Steve, it is fantastic to have you back on the show. How are things going? Great, you guys. Great to, great to be back. It is Super Bowl week, and we have to ask you, Super Bowl Media Day has become like this crazy fiasco. What do you remember from that day during your Super Bowl run with the 49ers? Yeah, it's always been a fiasco. I mean, I think around, let's say, 1980, things got pretty pretty hectic with the Super Bowl, really changed the nature of it. And so by the time we got there in the nineties it was just pretty chaotic. Um, just goofball questions. The problem is is just so much has to be written and everybody's looking for something unique. And so what they do is they just keep digging deeper and deeper 
And as I've said many times in sports and football, especially if you get too deep, you'll be alone. There's just not that much <laughs> going on, you know. And so, um, you know, so then inevitably they ask you questions uh, that you don't, you've never heard before, you don't have an answer for, or just, out, you know, outrageous. So you, you have to manage uh, media day and that whole week. You have to manage it and be pretty pretty tough to keep stay on schedule, stay on the uh, – keep your same, um, you know – routine and as best you can. So the discipline around Super Bowl week is really important. Steve Young is on BYU Sports Nation. Steve, who's your pick to win the game, Seahawks or Broncos? I know. I've been thinking about that. I got I, You guys are the first ones to kind of nail me on it. Yes! I, think, uh, I, don't, have to, I don't have to leave until uh, tomorrow to go down. I have to actually be there for ESPN. But, um, so I've been, I've been going back and forth, to be honest with you. It looks like it's going to be a really kind of decent day. And, and so I – you know, I, fundamentally, it's an offensive league. The, the rules really go to the offense now, and you've got the, one of the great, obviously, um, orchestrators and artists and, and Peyton Manning. So I just, I think right now in the NFL offense, the best offense beats the best defense. So I'm going to go with the Broncos, but uh, watch me throughout the weekend. I'm probably going to change that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're allowed to do that. Steve Young joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Okay, Steve, if you had to choose, now we're going with, we're going with the real hard-hitting questions. If you had to choose between Peyton Manning, who had just a ridiculous year, an NFL record year, and yourself as the starting quarterback in a Super Bowl, who would it be? And you're allowed to pick yourself. Well, you, always, you always want to believe that, you know, that's why you play quarterback. You're not a control freak, but you, you, you handle chaos. I remember Steve Covey was the one that taught me that seven habits was not just uh, about habits, but seven was the number, maximum number of people that can work together efficiently. And once you add the eighth person, ninth, tenth, geometrically, it gets worse and worse and more difficult. And he used to tell me I'm really impressed with football because it, it really teaches those concepts because there's, there's just too many guys on the, on the field. And so for me, I, I, I want to, I've mastered, you know, I felt like I was a master of that. I felt like I, you know, kind of the master of the chaos. So, I'm not going to give in to anybody. I want the football. That's yes. kind of the nature of why. I, that's kind of the nature of why I played. Um, and plus, you know, Peyton, he has to do it from one place. He's not going anywhere. I, I do offer you a little bit of more variation. I can do it from more than one spot. But Peyton obviously is one of the all-time greats. Former LA Express quarterback Steve Young is on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Steve, a lot has been made of the Omaha, Omaha from. Uh, Peyton Manning. What was your Omaha phrase back in the day? Uh, you know, we, we, we would, um, you know, he does a lot more communication, obviously, on the line of scrimmage. But Omaha was one of our audibles. That's how why I that? don't know where, how far this is filtered through. What great PR um, for the city. <laughs> razor, razor, uh, scissors. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of cities. We had other cities, too. Detroit. Provo! Um, <laughs> I know. What happened to Provo? That reminds me of... That actually reminds me of uh, Matt Millen, who's my good friend who played for the Raiders before he came to the 49ers and played middle linebacker. And I remember breaking the huddle. One of my first time, you know, first time I ever played the Raiders. The first time I ever broke the huddle, I get the line of scrimmage and Millen's yelling, alert, alert, Mormon in the backfield, Mormon in the backfield, alert, alert. <laughs> and and he, he did that to try to throw me off, and it did a little bit. I was like, you know, and he kept it up the whole game, every play, Mormon in the backfield, alert, alert. And everyone's like looking at him like, are you crazy, Millen? And he is so crazy. Sneaky Matt Millen. Steve Young, former NFL MVP, NFL Super Bowl MVP, joining BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Steve, it's never too early to prognosticate on the NFL draft. Kyle Van Noy is a top prospect. Um, how do you feel his skill set will translate inside the NFL? I think, obviously, he's a great athlete and somebody who works hard. And, and today's defenses catch up uh, to these offenses that are, that are, you know, it's kind of an unfair fight in some ways. It's a really smart player, the guy that can look deeper into the whole kind of what's coming. Uh, you know, Ray Lewis really taught me this when I was doing this year. He is a guy that studies every nuance of every every angle of defense. That's why they were great. And so, you know, Kyle's that kind of a guy. So as long as and in the NFL, unfortunately, there's a lot of places that I would not want to play. There's a lot of places that are poorly coached. There's a lot of places where you're not going to go with the distance. You're not going to be, you know, be well, you know, uh, have the platform to see how good you are. So the number one thing in the draft is I hope you get in those 20 places, one of them, and, and really the top 10 places that are well-coached, they have a great platform for 
you know, do, see how good you can be and, you know, a good spirit about the place, a great locker room, and the rest of it Kyle can take care of. But, the, but unfortunately, as we've seen guys from BYU and really all my, a lot of my friends that get drafted and they go to places that just don't have that and they wallow in their careers and I, I think their careers are cut short. I think their careers don't find their, their full measure. And to me, that, that's the unfortunate thing. We just, we, you know, until we get 32 great owners and 32 great, you know, programs that can keep up, because the best programs are moving forward. I mean, Pete Carroll has taken the CLC off and taken this holistic approach to the whole, the whole athlete, you know, off the field, on the field, uh, psychologically, um, mental, mental health, physical health. I mean, he, and the re- one of the reasons why the Seahawks are there is because of it. And that's going to be what the rest of the league is going to be doing. And they got to catch up. And there's just always going to be a number of organizations that will lag. And I just feel for Kyle or anyone else. I just pray. That's my number one thing. Get to a team where you can find out how good you are. And that's all I can ask for him. And Jimmer Fredette has felt that a little bit with the Sacramento Kings, it seems like. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It, it, I, I feel for that because in the locker room, the culture, um, they, it's a grind. It's a grind to play professional sports. It's, everyone wants their kid to play professional sports, and I think, no, no, don't do it. But it's a grind, and so I think for Jimmer or anyone else, I just that's the thing. Is can I get to a place to see how good I can be? Former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Steve Young is on BYU Sports Nation. What's a what's a Super Bowl moment like in the Super Bowl? A moment that made you laugh in the middle of the game? Can you be in a laughing oh, state of well, mind yes, in the middle of that? Yes. Now listen, don't don't. I'm not being rude here, but I just you know enjoy the Super Bowl. And um, you got to remember, we'd been twice in '88, in '89, and then in '91, in '90. I don't remember that we we fumbled the ball right at the end of the game that I was playing. Joe had gotten hurt and I was playing, and we had beaten the Giants. And all we had to do was just run the clock out. We fumbled, and Lawrence Taylor uh, recovered it, and they ended up winning on a field goal. The Giants, oh. and, we, and that was the game that they went to Tampa and played the Bills, and that was the wide right field goal number yeah. that the, the Bills missed. Well, in the national anthem was was Whitney Houston that year. And I don't know if you remember that, but it was really it was epic. memorable. It was epic, right? And so that was in my mind. I think I'm in the Super Bowl. Whitney Houston, oh my gosh, this should be great, or you know, something like that. And and they introduced the national anthem, and it's Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> what? I, I have nothing. I mean, you know, we both grew up in Greenwich. We both live in you know in Connecticut, and you know, I'm not that she's a wonderful lady. It's just not what I was kind of you know hoping for. Yeah, where's my and Whitney? I thinking, yeah, I was like, I'm here. And you got the Super Bowl. Here comes the jet, but. Where's Whitney? Uh, yeah, so. Duet with Regis. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Young on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Okay, Steve, uh, in, we're, we're obviously all stoked about the Super Bowl, but we kind of want to go down your super memory lane a little bit more. There's that iconic image of your teammate pulling the, the monkey off your back and things like that. What was your most memorable Super Bowl moment from the game that you played in uh, against the San Diego Chargers? Uh. You know, to one was the first throw to Jerry Rice about four plays in that uh, kind of split the safeties and and he went in to score. And I, you know, you gotta you gotta know that context. Everyone wants to win the Super Bowl, of course. It's the biggest thing. But the context for where I was coming from with Joe already winning four and having been in the 49ers and having to live that kind of transition and all those things with it. And not that I'm comparing, um, but but it, I remember that first throw and kind of getting off to a good start. And then I remember halftime, Mike Shanahan, my offensive coordinator at the time, coming in and saying, we'd already thrown three touchdowns, or four maybe. And he came in and said, I want eight touchdowns. If we don't have eight, we've failed. I remember him telling that halftime. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh. We ended up with six, and he was kind of bummed after the game. (laughs) Because I I came out, they pulled, uh, George Kieber pulled me out with about nine minutes to go in the game, and Mike was really upset because he had it in his mind he wanted eight touchdowns. So, that's the fun thing. The thing that I regret more than anything is that monkey on the back. I had transitioned in 1991 through a number of really kind of sacred experiences. That whole idea that I was had this burden and Joe Montana yeah. and all this horror. I, and I transitioned to recognize this is a wonderful opportunity. And I, re, I referenced Steve Covey earlier, but it was a plane flight that I was on with him that really kind of got me thinking about how I was looking at the challenge of playing the quarterback and the challenge of all these guys and the challenge of all these expectations and so forth, and, and, and through a number of experiences, I, 
I was able to flip it on its head, and I and I became very energized about the opportunity, how wonderful it was, how lucky I was. I played that way through 91, 92, 93, and then by 94, the idea of a monkey on my back was just, it was furthest from my thought. But you, you're so excited, and you're, you're, you know, you've won the Super Bowl, and yeah. you do, I, did, I did something dumb, and I did that, and forevermore, that's what people remember. And I, every time it happens, I cringe because that's not the experience that I had. Sure. I was not getting, I was not getting the monkey out of my back. I was, I had found the platform to see how good I can get. I was the luckiest guy alive. And so unfortunately I wasn't able to teach that, that, that principle, which, you know, I'm, I teach gospel doctor every weekend in church and I, yeah. I love teaching great principles and I don't, I missed that one. You know, it's unfortunate because I'd like to teach the principle that any situation and you find that, you know, the, you can you can find a way to make it a very positive experience. So anyway, that's the lesson there. And it was for everyone minus the Chargers in that uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> former you, know, you, do, you do you have to appreciate the fact that it is competition, but uh, there yeah. is somebody on the side that, uh, that gets beat. Former Greenwich Cardinal quarterback Steve yep. Young is on the program. We do this every day, Steve. Uh, we're counting down to Connecticut, BYU at Connecticut in your home state. Countdown to Connecticut. Two hundred eleven days, Steve. Are you, you going to be at that game, or are you going to be busy? BYU is going to your home state. Two hundred eleven days to what? Connecticut, BYU <laughs> football. <laughs> We're counting down to BYU's opening football game uh, at Connecticut. We're going to stores, Connecticut. You bet, we are. Wow, I did not know that. Your I, home I state. I believe I didn't know that. I keep track of that. Tom keeps you track with the scheduling. I don't know how I missed that. Well, we count uh, it down yeah, every day, that's Steve. That's, that's farm country. That's farm country. I was down in the suburbs, but uh, store, yeah, I've never actually been there. <laughs> it's a, not an easy place to get to. Good luck to everybody trying to get there. Um, what, what, what's the date? Is it early? It's, it's August pretty, 28th. It? It's going to be a Thursday. Okay, it's yeah. going to be the opening day of college football this season. All right, pretty, it'll be pretty. It'll be fine. I, you know, hey, but we just, we just got to keep racking up the wins. You know, that's the key. We just have to figure out the way to... You know, because I and my, our lifeblood, we've on this show. We've talked about the ESPN contract and how, and I I promote BYU every time I'm like every time I'm with the brass at, at, at ESPN. I'm like, how about the Cougars, man? Yeah, I just pump it every time because we need that contract so that we can stay independent and be healthy. So um, you know, go to stores, Connecticut, and win, and that'll be fine. You know, that's that's fine. And it's only 211 days away. Never we be too ready. We count it down every day. <laughs> And, no, and just to make it worse, uh, I'm a former North Miami cowboy. That's the one that really hurts. Oh, okay. That's when I was eight, I was eight years old, so I was a cowboy at one point. At wow. Niners fans don't want to hear it. Deep thoughts with Steve Young on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, great to have you as always, Steve. And uh, if you want to come and substitute teach my gospel doctrine class in the Riverside Ward in Saratoga Springs, Utah, I think I might be able to pull some strings and have you do that sometime in the future. Uh, I would love it. It's one of my favorite things to do in life. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Steve. Great stuff. And okay, uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. All right. Take care. See ya. That was fantastic. Steve Young. One yeah. of the most likable BYU guys ever. Yes. Fantastic. The countdown to Connecticut. He's in on it now. <laughs> it's legit. If you didn't think it was legit, that just got stamped legit. Yep. Countdown to what? Can BYU's we... playing Connecticut? We just gave Steve Young BYU Sports Nation karma as an analyst. He's going to be awesome. How We cannot make him more awesome. That's true. He's already the awesomest. <laughs> How confident are you in BYU Hoops sweeping the home weekend against Pacific and St. Mary's? That is our Twitter topic. Keep those tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. And guess who was shocked by an invitation to the NFL scouting combine? Another BYU player on his way to Indy. We'll tell you the story next in the Whip Around. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill and the BYU Cougars only 211 days away from Stores, Connecticut. It is close. I can smell it. We played it for Steve Young. He's in He's in on the countdown now. That was funny. Countdown to what? <laughs> oh, such a great interview. How about the story about him pulling the monkey off his back and how he regrets that? That's the one moment he regrets. I've, I've never heard that angle. Yet that is like the one iconic image that is associated with him in that Super Bowl. That is unbelievable. I'm glad he had a forum to, to talk about it, but I, I never would have known. Interesting. And he's never been to stores. He's from Connecticut. Doesn't sound like he's going to the game. He said, good luck getting there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you know what time it is, dude? Time to whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU linebacker Wani Unga has been invited to participate in the NFL Combine in Indianapolis in late February. Unga tore his ACL, MCL, and meniscus in what? the bowl game against Washington. He set a BYU record for tackles uh, in a season with 143, 62 solo tackles. And Kyle Van Noy last night participated in the Quicken Loans All-Star Football Challenge at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Van Noy took third in the obstacle course. Had a boy, KVN. Golf. BYU golfer Justin Ke- uh, Kylie finished tight for third with a total score of one under par at the Arizona Collegiate. Kylie led the Cougars to a fifth-place tie. Tennis. The 45th-ranked men's tennis team is picked to finish third in the West Coast Conference preseason poll. They rank them pretty high, 45, 45. I guess. Cougars play at Air Force Friday. Tomorrow, the fifth-leading scorer in all of America. Tyler Hawes on BYU Sports Nation. We'll ask him about the Cougars' perimeter defense and about their team goals. What are they? Have they reorganized them? Are they the same? We'll ask the man. Tyler Hawes has scored 48 points, second most ever by a BYU Cougar in a single game. Today's rise and shout seems obvious. Former LA Express quarterback, Steve Young. Just fantastic stuff. Steven! Third time on the show. Uh, Well done. Always fun to chat with. Great stories. How confident are you in BYU Hoops sweeping the home weekend against Pacific and St. Mary's? And before we go to the Twitter machine, I do say, in this funny world of communications, sometimes there are some miscommunications. Andy Katz. No, never. We will, we will have Andy Katz on at some point in the near future. It didn't work out today, but we will have Andy Katz, and we will have our say. Oh, by the way, the game is in Hartford, not stores. That probably changes things for Steve Young now. Maybe he can go to the game now. So because it's not as hard to get to – or as Hartford, they probably moved it to Hartford. Yes. We'll tell Steve. There you go. <laughs> I know they're men's hoops and women's hoops. They'll play in stores and Hartford. Give me some tweets. Tweet, tweet. At Sports Blue, 85% chance to sweep the home weekend. Cougs are going to play with some fire after losing both games last week. Yeah, I anticipate they will. At Go Cougars, three on the chances. Four out of ten. That's low. At home? There's, yeah, it's, home makes a big difference. They're, I mean, with Della Vadova, BYU should have won that game. Buzzer beating. They're beating Without teams Vadova, by an average of 23 at home. Come on. I, th- I think it's higher than that. Four is a little low for me. But at Go Cougars 3, he says four. At Young Tim 32, 1,000%. We are about to get on a serious roll. I can feel it. There you go. Hey, thanks to our guest today, Steve Young. Fantastic stuff. And everyone on our crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Chaline, Production Assistant Alan Miller, Spencer King, Kyle Ireland, Sydney Carlson, and Engineer Aaron Evans. It was a village today. Omaha! Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. For Jerem, I'm Spencer, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. Scissor, scissor! Omaha! Mormon in the backfield!